Well, I'm Lepler. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Lou Kalela. Lou, are you ready to do this? I am. All right, let's go. Lou is a CPA, a PFS. He is a CFP and a CEPA. He's the managing partner of JFS Wealth Advisors, helping business owners to successfully make the transition and exit their business. Lou, I'm excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Uh, personally, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a grandfather three times. I'm a brother. Um, and I'm a son. So uh, a lot of roles there on the personal side. Um, when I'm not working, I love to fish, golf, hike, read in the wintertime here in the Northeast. Uh, and I love food and family and all things social. Um, my work, uh, I guess, is the path of uh, a financial advisor and coach uh, business owner myself and advisor to business owners. My career has led me to my current gig, um, which I describe as helping business owners grow and manage the value of their business in alignment with their overall life and wealth plan. Um, and especially uh, oriented toward transitional times like exit uh, for a business owner. For a business owner, there's death, taxes, and exit of their business. Um, and Franklin death and taxes, uh, thing. And how, how well are business owners doing that? How, how, how effectively are they making that transition? Well, research tells us that seven out of 10 of businesses that get put on the block don't sell two out of 10, um, get a single, we'll use a baseball metaphor here, a single or a double, they take a haircut on what the business owner believes the price of the business ought to sell for. Um, and one out of 10 um, hit the home run. So 10% of businesses get what they think they ought to get. And um, that's unfortunate because the outcome can be changed with planning. So they're not doing that great. Um, yeah, that's why that's what gets me out of bed in the morning, George. So, you know, that's, I don't know if it's knowable, but the people that actually, people that, that say, I'm an entrepreneur, I want to start a business. That's a big number to get to the point where I actually have a sellable asset, saleable asset. So it's not just 10% of business owners. It's a small percentage of people that started a business a long time ago. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Sure of that. Yeah, so the failure rate of, of businesses is, is large as you as you as you describe. Um, I've been in that you know kind of in that sector at a, at a time in my career too, so understand that you know um, entrepreneurs and idea people are really important to our way of life, um, and uh, and those are entrepreneurs that kind of um, 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 really bravely swing the bat and say I want to try something. Um, are important. Um, For those that kind of last three, five years, you know, that first stage is just about survival. Then it becomes growth and making money, right? The business owner needs to put food on the table, needs to to develop a lifestyle. And and, uh, what I've seen is many, many business owners kind of focus on that 
making money phase. So what do I have to do this year, this month, this quarter, just to make money more than I did last year? Because, you know, humanity is just about getting better. Um, I believe that. I think all investors have to believe that we just all want to get better. Um, there ought to be a transition somewhere in the owner's thinking from just making money to growing value in their business. Those are different uh, exercise routines, if you will. You have to focus on things like the four capitals. I know that you had the Snyders on, father and son, uh, recently. I'm sure they talked about the four capitals. That's what moves a business from just a money-making machine that employs people to an enterprise that can sustain the next generation, the next owner, um, and 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 um, um, and 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 keep the communities and the people that work in those businesses growing and and um, and and doing so in a sustainable way. Um, that's a different skill set, and that's what I'm hoping to help business owners focus on. Yeah, it's such an important thing, and I. It's when you break it down like that. Um, you look at how hard it is to successfully have a to successfully start and then create a business that 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 is providing jobs and livelihoods, and so how important it is to actually help that business continue on to next generations. Um, it's 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 more important than just somebody making money. It is. It is. I mean. It's not just about the owner. I mean, it's about the owner. In the entrepreneur, it's about executing the idea. But when, when, when the business becomes a living, breathing entity and part of a community, it's now part of a bigger ecosystem, right? That community relies on that business, the services or goods that it provides. The people that work there, something like 65 to 75% of all businesses in the United States are owned privately, George. They're owned privately by a family, an individual, a group of individuals, and they employ lots and lots of people. So those people buy homes, buy goods and services, contribute to the community. The community itself relies on that business. So it becomes way more big than just about the owner and the owner's family. If these businesses don't take the seven out of 10 that don't sell, at some point, that business owner is going to have to just close the doors. Think about what happens when the owners just close the doors. People lose jobs. The services and goods aren't provided. The next entrepreneur has to step in and start from scratch. That's the real heavy lifting, and it doesn't have to be that way. So with focus on the transition, the next generation of that business's owner can make it better, bigger, more complex, serve more families, be more robust to the community. It's an economic kind of sustainability thing that we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a total shift away from just if you were to look at this problem, like, oh, wow, that's really a bad thing. But so many more opportunities and, and challenges when you sort of go uh, to the second layers. Yeah. So you you started, well, you 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 are a CPA. So CPAs are, you, you, you had specific training and you're also a CFP and now you have this, this, this CEPA training as well, and you're a grandfather. So 
Do you see? <laughs> so the CPA hat is what I would consider to be very logical and numbers driven. And yep. I would view that and, and what your work as a SIPA, I think there's probably more motion. And then the grandpa thing is you've actually seen the transition of generations of actual human beings. Yeah, right. so you, you see what I'm trying to sort of go for here? Yeah. So uh, the CPA, yeah, I became, I became a CPA not because uh, I wanted to count beans the rest of my life. I mean, I, I be, my story is I became a CPA because I wanted to understand the scorecard of a business. I was really interested. My first, my first job, W-2 job of all time was uh, working in a grocery store. I packed groceries. I stocked groceries. I worked in the meat department. I worked in, there were a lot of little kind of sub businesses in the grocery store. And I always thought I wanted to own a grocery store. My best buddy from high school and I wanted to own a grocery store. That was our thing. So I became an accountant because I wanted to understand the scorecard, Hmm. but I wanted to understand the scorecard only to understand the scorecard. I quickly realized that the success or failure of the business was about managing the capitals, the people, the customers, the processes and routines that, that create quality in a repeatable way in the business. And then the culture that the business has itself. So I've, uh, you know, you've heard the term, I'm a reformed CPA. I'm a CPA, I have the tax training. I, I get that stuff, but only as a foundation to what really drives value in a business. Um, yeah, my, my, my kids and grandkids um, bring a different kind of lens through which I look to say, it's not just about me and my life. It's about providing for the next generation and the following generation and giving them the opportunities, teaching them the how to do things so that they don't have to learn it from the place that I learned it. I can take, I can start them kind of halfway up the staircase and they can go the rest of the way, take, you know, extend the staircase through their life, through their lifetime. That's how we make our world better over time. You find that, that, I mean, everybody's unique and different and some entrepreneurs probably don't care about that at all, but I imagine that many do. About what, George? About just wanting to, to help make the world a better place. And if I had an opportunity to do that, to help people get a little further along. Yeah, there is, there's, there is, you know, so you touched on that, the emotional piece, uh, your last question you know, to help owners as a coach. So, so business owners generally are decision junkies. They want to run their own show. Okay. So I'm an advisor on the financial side, but on the, on the, when I'm working with business owners, I take more of the coach position because they need to arrive at where they want to take their enterprise. Okay. Lots of emotion there. Um, and, and, I'm only successful once I understand what the real drivers are for the owner. Some owners are driven to change the world, you know, disrupt the world. You know, Elon Musk kind of would be the epitome of the change the world kind of owner. Other, other owners want to want to solve a problem in a particular industry and they want to make it better and better and better. And most owners that, that I come across are really, really engaged with their why. Once I find out what their why is, it helps determine 
how I can coach them towards success. Only after knowing their why can you kind of guide them along the path to, tra- to transition. I mean, human beings are so interesting. We make change when we're ready to make change, right? And we're ready right. to make decisions about things. And to just present numbers to somebody and say, listen, Steve, you know, you've got your bottom line is this. And if you did this, you'd really, you'd really improve things. So like, uh, great, but that's not, that's not a tech or finding that why. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I don't have hard numbers to, to, to kind of support this statement. But for many owners, I don't want to say most, but I would, I'd venture a guess that for half, it's not about the money. So if I come to it all about the money, I'm probably missing the mark at least 50% of the time. There's always a bigger reason. You know, an ESOP, an employee-owned uh, company in in many cases that I've served in the past is really, really important to that owner because although that owner may be willing to hang up their spikes or ready to hang up their spikes, they look at their business and their enterprise and all of the people that have helped his particular family kind of enjoy the success. And he wants the transition to go into the employee's hands. So an ESOP is kind of the, the transition of choice in that particular um, that particular uh, owner's um, um, palette. <clears throat> Another owner may be um, about expansion with a larger company that has larger reach. They may have a product or service that's kind of geographically um, known, and they want to take that product or service across the country or around the world, and they need a bigger partner. So there are a lot of drivers to uh, to the types of transitions that um, need to be planned for, um, and we have to uncover that early in the in the process. Is it ever too early to be thinking about these kinds of things for for the business owner? That's a great question. Um, I had a mentor. Um, probably uh, to work in a business where he was an owner, another friend and mentor of mine was an owner. And and his answer to that question, um, to me, kind of the mentoring piece was he'd say, Louis, I think about my exit every day. And he was far away from it, George. I mean, it it was 20 years in he said, an owner that doesn't wake up thinking about how they're going to exit is going to get distracted by a hundred things to do that isn't related to how they exit. So my answer to that question would be for the entrepreneur that's starting a business, I would be thinking about that exit plan on the very first day. It's just simply good business strategy to think about how you're going to grow value and how you're going to harvest that value downstream. Uh, practically speaking, for the baby boomer generation or for people that have a tendency to cram for the test, um, three to five years before you're ready to 
glide path toward your next act gives you enough time to do some significant things in the four capitals to grow the value of the business three to five years. Um, I do have people that knock on my door and say, Hey, I want to sell the business in a year or by the way, I have an offer. What should I do? Um, there's not a lot that can be done in a year, but there is some things that can be done to kind of preserve the value that they've already built. So anytime is the short answer. The best answer, the A student should be thinking about it every day, three to five years before exit, give some time to have some real significant results. That certainly makes sense. <clears throat> While we don't know what the future holds, having an eye on this is really a perfect scenario or an ideal scenario, and that allows you to be making plans and to proactively be you know, positioning yourself for that. So, yeah. So, you know, as a financial planner, as a planner, generally, um, my philosophy about planning is that you always have a plan and better than having a plan is to have plan A, plan B, plan C. Um, plans aren't the further, the, the further away the event that you're planning for is, the more flexibility there is in the plan. That doesn't mean, I mean, if it, I'm sitting here in Lake Milton, Ohio, and I want to drive to you, George, in Phoenix, I'm not going to leave my driveway without punching into my GPS how to get there. I am going to have a plan to go west and south. Now, what routes I'm going to take, I'm going to have lots of opportunities to choose along the way. I'm going to be able to divert my way around accidents or construction, right? Similarly, in an exit plan or a transition plan situation, you want to kind of set your course generally if you have a long time to go and you have plenty of opportunity to adjust course along the way. If you have three years, I would say, I would suggest to you that you're going to set a pretty solid pin in the map and you're going to drive right to that pin because you don't have a you don't have a lot of time to take kind of side trips you have three three years to get there you want to kind of take the shortest distance between the two points does that make sense i love it that's a, a perfect uh a perfect analogy now yeah so plan planning to me is necessary it's not constrictive or restrictive it just kind of sets the direction it avoids distraction and it keeps you kind of on track um, because we none of us have as much time as we really think we do isn't that the truth Lou it is the truth <laughs> it is the truth well Lou thank you so much for coming on where can people learn more about you and how can they engage with you um, probably the best way is our website uh, jfswa.com um, they can, uh, search us JFS wealth advisors. Um, we, we have clients from all over the country. So geography is no longer a concern for us. Um, if they don't want to deal with us, you know, I would suggest, uh, that they talk to somebody that has some of these credentials that matter so much. The 
folks uh, that, that are CPAs, SEPAs, exit planning advisors, CFPs, they're, they're people that um, are committed to the process of planning and, um, and, and with business owners, um, those are good places to start, um, con compare and contrast them and, um, and get started. Uh, execution is what it takes, is, is take that first step, have a conversation, um, have another conversation, and it would be my hope that you become one of the one out of 10, two out of 10, three out of 10 successful uh, business owners. And, and it's my hope that by the time I hang up my spikes, those statistics change to five out of 10, six out of 10, seven out of 10. Um, our economy and the jobs in it um, depend on it. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Lou your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to jfswa.com. It's JFS Wealth Advisors. Um, so get in touch with Lou. And if it's been on your mind or if any of this resonated, which I'm sure it did, reach out and just have that initial conversation and find out if now is the time for you to be thinking about and starting this, this really, really, really important process. Thanks again, Lou. Thanks, George. And a ton of luck this time. Remember, do your part by doing your best.